Stephanie play my song. Oh, are you fucking kidding me? It's her anthem. <laughs> this is like the breakup song for people at Applebee's. <laughs> TGI Fridays. Chili's. This, the singer of Nickelback is a rapist, by the way. Uh-huh. This is not my shit. <laughs> Give yeah, me you're not my, a rapist. Yeah, not, no, I'm not a rapist. Many other Apple. things, but not a rapist. Yeah. Are you sure this isn't your song, though? No, I don't like this band. <laughs> I want to hear my song. Okay, okay, I got it. You ready? Okay, yeah, play it. Oh, fuck no. <laughs> God. <laughs> it's Fat Mouth. You just offended a bunch of people who are into body positivity. You realize that, don't you? I'm body positive, but I'm still fat. Can you be both? You're curvy. Whatever. That's different. <laughs> this is this is for Trump dads. This is what Trump dads do on TikTok. Why they, does he sing like this? Because he's a Trump dad. Trump dads on TikTok listen to this shit. Do they dance? Do they dance like all the white women? Yeah. Oh God. I want to hear my song. God damn it. Oh, you're a retard. <laughs> I can't say that. I can. This guy is a retard. He's holding society back. It fits what I'm trying to say. <laughs> all right, I got it. I got it. Okay, this is more like it. Song of the Serial Killers. Yep. I could see Buffalo Bill getting warmed up to this. He would. Yep. So powerful, so beautiful. This was uh, lately featured in the latest Dexter. Yeah, the murder in the latest, the final season of Dexter. Mm -hmm. uh, This is his warm-up song. The the killer. And if you listen to this song, it actually is kind of creepy. Yeah, I kind of love it. I do love it. Mm-hmm. I want to do that twist and shout now. Let's get super white. It's very beta. <laughs> this guy's a beta. Oh, why, 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 why? Oh, why, 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 why? All right, all right. She was a Karen. That's why she ran away. <laughs> I think we, we think we got enough. Bye, bitch. Hello, and welcome to the Spookies Podcast. I am your host, Michael. And who the fuck are you? I am your co-host and hot wife, Stephanie. That is right. You are a hot wife. (laughs) Not a trad wife, a hot wife. So this is not the Breonna Taylor episode because we are overwhelmed right now. We are moving. We are getting the fuck out of Dodge. Yes, yes, we are. And that's a serious case. That's a special case. Mm-hmm. It's a heartbreaker. It's infuriating. And I want to do it justice. So that one's coming. Right. There will be another episode uh, before we move, probably with uh, about Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, Jeffrey Epstein, that's not serious. <laughs> <laughs> Sex trafficking. That's, that's no big deal. Yeah, but some of the shit that he was into is where it's just fucking and we're insane. gonna focus more on that yeah yeah because that's more our wheelhouse we'll get into some of the other we will talk if... about him being a sex trafficker yeah but and... we're gonna talk about frozen nut sacks and frozen <laughs> brains and this weird life extension cult yeah yeah but we have a backlog of questions that we need to get to but i will say this we have some breaking news okay before i get to that uh tony black <laughs> has Who? Tony Black. You don't know who Tony Black is? Uh, who the fuck who the fuck is this? He is the creator of the X-Cast, the most popular X-Files podcast. Hmm. 
I mean, nobody listens to it. <laughs> we have more listeners than they do. <laughs> but you should know who Tony Black is. He's a big deal. Uh, I just, oh, he's the guy who insulted you over and over again. Oh, yeah, wow, and he files. looks like James Corden. Do any of you guys know who James Corden is? We do know who that asshole is. Yeah, the guy who dances in costumes in the street. And- the guy who I thought was actually decent, and then turns out he's uh, stabbing all his writers in the back and trying to uh, make sure they don't get paid shit. Hello, I'm Tony <laughs> <laughs> You know how you know Tony's an asshole? <laughs> he looks like James Corden? Well, yeah. That's why? But also, he wanted people to pay $40 for his self-published books. I would never do that. <laughs> and I'm an asshole. <laughs> and I would never ask that. Oh, man. And I know self-publishers, and they none of them charge that. None of them. None of them. Not even people who are top tier like Stephen King fucking charge that. None of them do it. It's, it's a terrible idea. That's a really bad marketing move. But yeah, he's... Tony is an asshole. <laughs> so is Kurt North. They're both clowns. You know what? This is why I don't like them. Because they have been really rude to you in the past for no fucking reason at all. And they've been really passive aggressive, like like bitchy women but, in high school. But also all of their fans, all 10 of them, the women who like them, <laughs> they have the same kind of messaging. Because I reached out to a person that's in that group for her to come on because she's a scientist i was like you could talk about covid conspiracy theories and debunk them and she had the same message tony did it was literally verbatim it's like he hands them out oh no we were blacklisted by 10 people of the x-files community well this is why i don't like them yeah but it was like i'm just i can't handle any more engagements oh my god engagements (laughs) what is this like a swingers party I want to you know, say there, there's there's a good friend of ours and I won't say who it is because I don't want to get this not trying to tell tales but I'm going to tell tales that Tony was trying to have ownership over some of the guests that he's had on his show and I think that's really fucking weird. Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, that that that's a scandal. Uh-huh. That's like something that goes on at CNN. <laughs> Like Don Lemon scandal. It's like high school level bullshit. Like, who does this? Okay, enough about the fat virgin guy. (laughs) Uh, I just want to say I am always amazed that we have people who write in who want to hear what the hell we have to think. Like, who cares? But you guys are great for doing this. Even the people who are writing in to insult us and to (laughs) call us losers and retards and all these awful ad hominem attacks Mm -hmm. um but kenneth jones jr writes what are your thoughts on the ryan coogler debacle what the hell were the police thinking now ryan coogler uh is the director of fruitful station creed and most notably black panther a movie that i don't like i think it's boring but i like that it's very marvel disney i like that it increased the diversity in hollywood that's what i did like and it has an amazing the cast, cast is amazing they're not used properly yeah 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 that's you know, kind of my biggest rest complaint. in power chadwick but mm-hmm. ryan coogler was the victim of uh police harassment so stephanie you want to tell this like you know what happened okay so apparently this happened back in january but thanks uh, to body cam footage we're just finding about it now and which bank was it was it uh bank of america that's what i thought okay i've never liked bank of america's so i think i well it's got a, the word america in the title it's um, you know it's sinister yeah the few times i've tried to have an account with them they fucked me around and i quickly closed it so i think i've had them twice and both i ha- i didn't have longer than a month 
So that should tell you something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, uh, so Brian Coogler, he goes to withdraw money at a bank and he is covered. This is in January. He's in Atlanta. He's trying to pay his nanny. Right. So anyway, he wants to withdraw $12,000 in cash. So he writes this on a note that he wants $12,000 in cash um, and that he would like this to be a discreet transaction. And he's wearing a mask. He's wearing a coat, like a COVID mask. And sunglasses. Sunglasses. And a, and a beanie because he's trying to cover up because he's a famous person. He's a famous person. He's also getting out twelve grand. Now, this isn't weird that you're taking out money, okay? People do this all the time. In fact, when you have to, when you, anytime you go in to do banking transactions now, you have to put in your debit card, place your pen, and show your ID. And if you think it's weird because it's a black person getting out this as money, you're racist. Now, one thing that happens at all banks, this is just a federal rule, uh, anything over 10 grand will get flagged. And that's normal. And that's usually you tell the person. And typically, you just you talk to them. What I've heard from people who have been bankers, how they've talked about like, this is how they deal with cash transactions, mm-hmm. is that they um, oftentimes, if it's in larger amounts, they uh, take a per- they take the person to like in a side room or something like that. So it's more secure. And that way they can, you know, discuss how much money they want taken out uh, and what form, like how, denominations of the bills and all that, all that stuff. Well, ten grand is nothing. Yeah. So he wanted twelve thousand. That's like nothing, right? It's a lot for us. <laughs> Not f- speak for yourself. <laughs> uh, but for Brian Coogler, it's that's you know whatever he's paying his nanny and whoever whatever he wanted to use it for. It's none, none of our fucking business. So that's the other thing. But this is where it gets fucking weird. So the teller does one of those silent phone calls to the cops, and she admits to the people to the authorities <laughs> yeah but the who are the 911 dispatchers the dispatchers that no she has not looked at his driver's license she just saw that it was from california Ooh, california the, the state of gangs so he's standing there and he's wondering what the fuck is happening why is he having to wait so long and he's asking like you know is there anything else you need for me uh, what do you not she all of his information is on the fucking screen all of it and she's black by the way yeah this isn't a white lady. This is a black woman. Yeah, acting like a fucking Karen. So then the cops come. They arrest him, take him outside. I think they detained him, but yeah. Well, I thought they had handcuffed him first, and then they let him go. Officially, it's detained. Whatever. If you put cuffs on someone, then you're starting to arrest them, even if you haven't. Well, he made the mistake, Stephanie. He was banking while black. Yeah. God forbid you try to do anything in this country while being black. It's a hazard and to male. your health. Yeah, yeah, it's scary. So he's visibly shaken in the uh, footage, and he's talking to the police officers, and they're trying to give him like this dad talk, like, well, you should know if you're trying to pull out money. He's like, no, 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 no. I'm not trying to advertise how much money I'm taking out. It's nobody's business. I'm not trying to, you know, show off. He, and then he was also mentioning, like, uh, the I guess a few days before, that there was something, like, weird happening nearby. Um, with yeah, like, he has a speech impediment. He has a stutter, mm-hmm. like Joe Biden does. Yeah, yeah. And he was kind of struggling a little bit to explain, but they were just dismissive. You know when you're really upset and um, you're scared, your voice kind of quavers a little bit? That was in his Well, voice. he was freaked out. Because he was freaked out, because there's like four cops there, and they're all standing around like, you know, and they got their hands hands on their fucking... Uh, uh, and this man is educated he's been to two colleges these are just a bunch of dumbass cops and this this guy's educated yeah and he's having to explain to them while why what he was doing he didn't break any laws uh nothing he did was wrong 
that he's covered up because of COVID, that, that he's not trying to advertise that he needs to take money out. And might I add, this is the least discreet banking transaction known to man. Yeah. And I hope he sues the shit out of Bank I mean, of if America. it were me, I'd be like, I'm Ryan fucking Cooper. <laughs> and I'm going to have all your badges. Wakanda, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Black Panther. Fuck off. Yeah. And, you know, but it just shows you that it, even regardless of class, you can still be profiled and even profiled by someone of your own race. Well, this actually just proves something that I've said for a long time. I, I was wrong about because mm-hmm. I've said for a long time, if you're rich, it doesn't matter if you're black, but apparently it does. Yeah. So I was wrong. Okay. Well, Michael is wrong. <laughs> I'm a narcissist and an asshole, but I can be wrong. Well, it reminds me of that professor who was like opening up his door, his door, front door. And he does that show about genealogy. In or, Cambridge or something yeah, like that. The, Henry NBC. Gates. I think. Yeah. And the, someone called the cops on him and he got arrested and it was this whole debacle. It gave us the Obama beer summit. <laughs> that beer that cringy summit. bunch of nonsense. <laughs> Bank of America had to apologize. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Disney said shit because we all know Disney's secretly racist. Uh, Yeah, they are. They fucking hate women. They don't like black people. They really fucking hate gays. So. Well, Ryan's not gay. I didn't say that Ryan is. I'm just saying, look what's happening in Florida right now. And if any of you Disney gays go down there for Pride Week, I'm going to be real fucking pissed. Disney gays. What are Disney gays? Uh, Gays who love Disney. It's a thing. They watch Aladdin like it's porn or something? No, they like collect all the Disney stuff. And it's like, you know, it's like chicks who love Disney stuff, except they're Disney gays. Okay. I'm getting this from a drag queen. I'm, don't. I'm learning today. Don't come at me. There is something called Disney gays. <laughs> there is. <laughs> so Helen asked, Michael, have you ever cheated on Stephanie? Don't lie. <laughs> yeah, Michael. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, there was Julia Yaffe. The woman who's now canceled on Twitter because, you know, because, they took her out of context. Yeah. And then even when she put it back into context, they were like, that's still not good enough. The beautiful Russian American reporter, Julia Yaffe and Billie Eilish, me and them had a threesome. <laughs> uh, it happened in the other room. Stephanie was sitting in the living room watching TV and they just came over and didn't notice that, you know, Stephanie was so engrossed in her cyberpunk. And I didn't could, even want to join in. What? Yeah. That's wrong. Why would I ever admit to an affair? <laughs> In front of my wife. Yeah, on a podcast. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? I would notice if Michael was stepping out on I'm me. not. A, in fact, this podcast wouldn't be on air if that were the I'm case. I'm kind of a trad husband in that <laughs> I'm loyal to my wife. Yes, and this is why we're married, because he is very loyal. Yeah, mm-hmm. you got me by the balls. Uh, <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Rebecca Chow writes... You're going to like this, Stephanie. Okay. What are your thoughts on the family of Gabby Petito suing the family of Brian Laundrie? Mm. Is that the right decision? What would you have done? Thanks. I just want to say before you say anything. Okay. The Laundries are callous human feces. Yep. I fucking hate those people. <laughs> they are disgusting. And if you have a problem with the fact that the nation was outraged by their behavior and you're like, oh, pretty missing white woman. No, it was... Women go through this all the time with yeah. abusive men. Yeah. That was what this was about. Well, I, I can tell you from my own experience from being um, in an abuse, a long abusive relationship that my own in-laws, um, it's complicated, but they didn't, there were things that they could have told me or warned me about or been a little more honest about. They didn't, they weren't, right? But they witnessed things. The laundries deserve everything they get coming to them. I believe that they obstructed justice. I believe that they aided and abetted a killer. Um, 
The narcissism to think that your child should be allowed to commit murder Mm -hmm. and that you're going to cover for him. Mm -hmm. I want to add that at one point, after after, uh, Brian and Gabby got into the argument that was recorded, and then they said Gabby was the aggressor, when clearly it was the other way around of um, abuse, uh, Brian actually flew home. He flew home. I know. I know the case. Um, I'm not sure if everyone's aware of that because when I found that out, this is when things really changed for me because it, then then I'm like, well, maybe it is premeditated murder. We'll never know unless his diary is revealed. So then he flies back out there and she's murdered in a specific area where it's kind of hard to, to what, prosecute because it's kind of known yeah, as this like... Yeah, I think that was strategic. I think it was strategic. It begs the question, did his parents know? That he was going out there to kill her. Did the father know? Who knew? I think that they knew at least after the fact. They, they knew. definitely knew after the fact because he was calling them. And he had her, her cards and they had and he had her uh, van. And for 10 fucking days that Gabby's parents did not hear from her. And they were begging them, begging them for any kind of information about her daughter. Like, what happened to her? Do you know anything that happened? They're just worried at this point. Has something happened? Has an accident happened? They're acting like they haven't heard from their son. They're acting like they don't know anything. And then it starts to come to light, oh, their son's already home. And the parents are having to push hard on the Florida police to even open a missing persons investigation. Well, it is Florida. Because it's Florida. And they don't live there. So 10 days into this, they know that Brian's done this. They have a little party shindig for him on and one of those little islands. They couldn't care less. And then they, they take him out to one of those preserves into the swamps. And who knows, for all we know, maybe even his, his uncle with the, the yachts helped. I don't know. I don't know how far this extends. But I do know that his family knew goddamn well what happened to her, and they didn't give a shit. They had a party. They had a fucking going away party. And they were like, here, go off with your gun. Well, the family Fine. that slays together stays together in America. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? They even knew where he, where he killed himself. That's weird. That's I, really fucking I, weird. I think there is this problem now where people think that toxic masculinity is only in men that look and act like Joe Rogan. Right. And it's actually in a bunch of these male feminists, these mm-hmm. passive-aggressive men. These that was my ex. Vegan yeah. men. Yeah, yeah. And they're abusive. They're very verbally and emotionally abusive. And uh, like, now, I wasn't physically abused, but I was threatened constantly with physical abuse. Well, so, he's emotionally abusive, too. Yeah. What we saw in that camp footage is how manipulative uh-huh. he is. And I, that was, like, highly triggering for me because it was it felt like what had happened to me over the years. It was shit like that. Uh, and this is a reason why women typically don't call the police, and oftentimes we're made to think that it was our fault. It's so messed up. And, guys, if you think we're just going to talk about white women, that's not true. We're going to do Breonna Taylor, and Steffi and I were horrified just like everybody else with george floyd we're mm-hmm. gonna do more blm cases there, there's another case and i cannot i uh, cannot think of her name uh she was murdered in connecticut another african-american woman and beautiful just beautiful girl i think she was only like 23 well, what if she wasn't beautiful does uh, that matter doesn't matter i'm just saying you know it's just, all murder victims matter yeah that's I'm, our mantra i'm just saying you know it's just, it, she just looks so vivacious and full of life and it's weird because after she had a date with this uh creepy looking white guy uh, he has connections to the cops, and they didn't even investigate think, her murder uh, for like a couple weeks. Our friends at Going West have done an episode. I on can't this. think of her name, and I'm so sorry that I can't recall her name. But that, that was like a couple years ago too, and it's gotten no attention. So her, her their family is also fighting. Going for West is on the case. 
Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there it, it is a problem that uh, women of color and of other like wealth backgrounds are also not covered because also poor women. I are think also not though, covered. I think the Gabby Petito case was like the George Floyd case, and that it brought to light something that had been bubbling around the surface for a long right. time, which is this idea of passive men who are actually abusive. Because mm-hmm. we have this weird antiquated notion that ab- what abuse looks like it's usually with your fists right or yeah the, Black men, the men are all like roided out they're like hey bitch I'm gonna or, punch or they're like super drunks and stuff and they're beating the shit out of their, their no women. it's a skinny little vegan guy that was my ex <laughs> Who is a garbage piece of shit. Anybody that hits a woman is a garbage piece of shit. Yeah. Unless it's, uh, you know... uh, Gaslighting anyone to hell and back is also a piece of shit. I don't give a fuck if anybody punches Marjorie Taylor Greene. Fuck that. (laughs) So... Is she even a woman? And I'm not trying to be like... She's a humanzy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) She's an it. She's a thing. (laughs) Jenna asks, does Michael really believe in the dog man? Or is it all an act? I might lose respect for him if he truly believes in a hogwash. Yeah, Michael, do you believe in that dog man? Well, Jenna, <laughs> I am afraid you're about to lose all respect for me. <laughs> because I do believe the dog man is an animal, a wolf hybrid of unknown origin, like an evolved apex predator. You should see my eyes went over here. I am not Russell Brand crazy, but I am crazy. <laughs> I'm not Jack Sparrow talking about, uh, what is he talking about? Uh, he's talking about, like, uh, vaccines and how they're going to turn you gay or something, you know, and I'm a drug addict. And, uh, duh, duh, duh. Fuck that guy. <laughs> I, fuck it, I fuck Katy Perry, and I'm mad she doesn't want to fuck me anymore, and Orlando Bloom's going to come kick my ass. <laughs> yeah, that's that's Russell. He's such a douche. I've been meaning to unsubscribe, but I just can't. No, I'm just kidding. I don't, I don't. <laughs> Maybe he will unfollow me. Then I'm really fucked. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> Nigel Kinsey writes, why do you think X-File fans hate you guys? You mentioned that you have never been accepted by the fandom. Do you have a theory as to why? I don't know. I do. Is it that you stepped your foot into it? No. You didn't kick the hornet's nest originally? No. You just kicked it later. I wrote a fucking article about the Mulder Scully dyad. <laughs> okay, they should love my ass. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Kamel Nanjami, is that how you say it? Uh, Nanjiani, I think. Yeah. He had an X-Fall podcast called The X-Fall Files. Mm-hmm. And he did it and he gave up because he hated the fandom. They were toxic. Yeah, they as were, soon as he was cast on the show, they really... They were overly critical. They got really shitty with him. He would go back to the 90s. He would dig up these user... Uh, Usenet groups, I think. Yeah, yeah, the, the transcripts. And he would go through and laugh about all the stupid things they would they say. They were nuts back then, too. I didn't mess around but with But one thing he either. said about them, and he nailed them, mm-hmm. is he said that X-Files are soft people. <laughs> now, what that, <laughs> mean, <laughs> what that means is, you know, the X-Files, when it was like... Uh, when it was being like uh, promoted, like in '93 and '94, the commercials. I remember they're seeing hilarious. them. They're like, the, "Don't watch it alone." <laughs> you know, it's, it's all like pulpy, horror, yeah, scary. Yeah, it's very spooky. Ooh. <laughs> but the fans, a good portion of them, were women who have no interest in that kind of stuff. I don't know why they ever started watching the why show in the first the place. Show? Yeah. Now maybe there were people that were into that, and then they just dropped off because they didn't like the way it went. Hmm. You know. 
but they don't like horror. And this goes to Tony Black. And I mean, I think Tony does like horror, but that guy, Kirk North, that took over the podcast, he was like, I don't like horror. They have this kind of, I'm above that attitude. <laughs> horror fans don't give a shit. Horror fans are cool people. I love the horror fan community. I got to say. I love the horror fan community. It is the one part of entertainment Twitter that I really enjoy because they tend to be pretty open about and a lot. And they're positive. Of, yeah, they're cool people. I like the true crime community. Uh-huh. I hate the X-Files community. <laughs> Most uh, fandoms are pretty hot garbage, but X Files and Star Wars tend to take. Cake. But I think because and I, now the Snyderverse I people embrace horror and pulpiness. X Files is a very pulpy show. It's elevated, yeah, yeah, but it still is about monsters and tales from the crypt, and it's yeah, and that was stuff I was into as a kid. I was like well, into Stephen King, and I love children, yeah, who watched the show. That's what they were into. <laughs> I don't know. We watch Tales from the Crypt. I'm not watching to see Mulder and Scully kiss. My mom and I used to watch Unsolved Mysteries, uh, America's Most Wanted, and then when X-Files hit the scene, we were like, we're fucking watching this. And we did, and we loved it. And then we got the whole family involved, and then everyone else started okay. watching the show. But my so, mom and I were there from the beginning. I didn't read this yesterday, but Nigel wanted to know what I would have done differently with the X-Files. And I'm going to try to make this brief. So the X-Files was originally meant to run only five seasons. Mm-hmm. There was a five-year plan by Chris Carter, the creator. That would have made a much stronger show. And then a movie, show. and then we do movies. Yeah, yeah, and I was excited for that. But that didn't happen, because mm-hmm. it was too successful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because all the white women got into it. Yeah. Well, what I would have done, honestly, if I was in total control, is I would have gotten rid of Carter after five seasons, because I think he was done. I think he was tired. Yeah. I think he wanted to move on to Millennium. I wish Millennium would have gotten the finish. Yeah, Millennium really got, got the short shaft. And that, that was and another show series. that was shown, the previews are, it's scary, it's horrible, and then people watch it like, there's blood in this? <laughs> I'm not watching that. It's not It's not even like that, like, Well, you, had, you haven't really seen a lot of the first season. Yeah, there, I have. You, wa- you, you, you watched watch the, the thing. pilot of the first season. I watched the whole thing with you. No, you didn't watch all the first season. The first season is, there's some sick shit in the first season. I really like that show. But so it's good. Cup- it's like Mindhunter, though. People today love Mindhunter, that show, and it's like that show. Mindhunter is wonderful. I would have put Vince Gilligan as the new showrunner. Yeah. And I would have had him resolve Samantha's storyline because I think he would have done I like what they did with it, but he would have done it even better. Vince is so brilliant. And he would have done like some, you know, comedy shit, Mm -hmm. but I wanted him to stick into the darkness. I think he also would have resolved or had at least some kind of conclusion as far as kind of the love arc that was going on between oh yeah Mimble absolutely and look we are not against them being together guys not that, at all the no. shippers attack us i just want it to be well written i want <laughs> yeah. you can have yeah. characters get together without undermining the female protagonist yeah exactly and, and you can also have it so it's not also the the main focus of the show too like the love affair didn't need to be the it main never focus was that's what's weird yeah I it's, just, a, it's such a plot driven show yeah all I ever wanted was an acknowledgement that it would be there. Like the, when we didn't get the kiss in the movie, for instance, that was such a like a dick move. So here was here's my <laughs> suggestion, because I think part of the problem with the show is Scully, after a point, loses any agency and loses her own kind of story arc. Yeah. Give her a story arc because it was hinted throughout the series that Scully might be psychic. What happens when a skeptical what? person... What? That would have been cool. What happens when a skeptical person is psychic, and how do they deal with the ramifications of that? Or maybe she's not. Maybe she just thinks she is. You're a skeptical person who's a psychic. Oh, God. <laughs> Whatever, Sylvia. Uh, look, that would have been interesting, I think. I know uh, there's going to be some people listening to this I already know, and they're going to be like, oh, God, he has terrible ideas. And then there was supposed to be this arc of evil, mm-hmm. idea of... Uh, 
one of the other writers on the show, he thought they, when they brought Doggett in, and you could still bring Doggett in. Yeah. But they wanted to tackle this idea of evil in the world. What Millennium kind of did. Because yeah, Millennium, yeah. and they still wanted to do that. Now, honestly, Frank, I love Frank. He's a great writer. He's not a good showrunner. And his show running in, he was running a show in like in season nine. Ugh, mm. It's not good. Um, he's a really nice guy though. But, uh, and you know, I found out something today that kind of made me sad a little bit. What's that? Uh, you were gone and I was watching and uh, James Wong, who is, you know, one of the writers, Morgan Wong, mm-hmm. he was interviewed about the uh, revival and he said he had a great time writing it. Loved it. But he said, you know, there were people, I was like, I was really excited to come back and write the show. And then I realized there were some people that weren't. They were just doing this for the money. Mm. And I was like, I bet that's Glenn Morgan. But he did a great job. <laughs> Bar Darren Morgan. I think Darren Morgan needed to pay the bills. But he his episodes were great, in my opinion. They're some of my favorites. But he's very cynical and like, I just need money, man. But I that, that I think maybe he had just moved on. And I think Jillian had also moved on. Oh, she she did not see him into it. Maybe that's who he was talking about was Jillian. Oh, because I think that's obvious. Yeah, I think she's kind of traumatized by that show because she was she had to stick around on it far Jillian, longer. And this is not a, a demonizing thing. Has mental health issues? Yeah. Okay, we all do. But that show was really hard on I her. I think David does too. Yeah, but to it honest. was really fucking hard on her, and I think her having to actually carry that goddamn show and drag that carcass around for the last. Like basically well, three seasons of it. I mean, she wasn't given the best material. No, they were giving her shit material. And no, I think in the newer seasons she was given some good material. And when they gave her good material, she rose to do right because she's a great actress. You know, I do love her as an actress. I really do. I wish she would have left off that weird whispery voice because I just don't understand. Mother, that. yeah, I don't like, know how to speak. Why do you sound like you're dying? <laughs> I don't know because it's I've seen or her being a little too serious because I'm like, yeah, Scully can still roll her eyes well, that, in her forties. That was something that's kind of goofy. Uh, we're gonna get off this, but that was something actually that started back in the the nineties with her. It's towards the end she starts dressing all in black and she's always depressed. And it's like all the life is gone. Yeah. And it's like they thought that that was Scully, that she was just this kind of stoic, weepy, not weepy, but emotionally volatile, under the, like kind of cracking underneath. There's a sense she's cracking. Yeah. And repressed, emotionally repressed. And I think there's more to the character than that. I always did. And I thought that was a bad... My favorite Scully moments are when she's being a firecracker. Yeah, <laughs> just kick, like kick an ass. I, those are my favorite when she's yelling at people and telling them what to do. Those are my some well, of my favorite. I wish we could say we're done with the X Files uh, people. But why do they hate us? Why do they hate us? Because of what I just said. This? Yeah, that they don't. I never got. They don't get storytelling, mm-hmm. and I don't get them. And that's the fundamental schism between us. So why are they like so ardently attacking? Because us all the time? we're critiquing their version of the show, which is it's about Mulder. They just like eight and nine, right? No, 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 no. They like Mulder and Scully. They don't like nine. Nine is considered the worst season. Hmm. But anyway, we got to move on because <laughs> we got more X Files shipper stuff to talk about. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Karen asked, and that's her name. I shit you not. Her name is Karen. Do you guys feel guilty about doing a true crime podcast, exploiting the suffering of others for fame and profit? I warn you, an attack on one X-Files fan is an attack on us all. She's paraphrasing Rorschach, I believe, from Watchmen. Um, we're not an X-Files podcast. So <laughs> no, we just talk that... about it all the damn time. <laughs> but let's get that fucking clear. We're not a fucking X-Files podcast just because we're We're not just a true... We are true crime, but we're also the unexplained. Yeah. We're, we're dark history. 
we're bullshitters, you know. <laughs> it was in, it was inspired in part by, by the, the early X-Files, the early X Files, by Unsolved Mysteries, mm-hmm. by other true crime podcasts, by Lore, by Morbid, by Going West. I don't feel that we've been exploitative about the cases we've covered. Uh, so no, I don't feel shame about that. So no, I don't. And I am yet to be famous. So also wrong. We're kind of internet famous. Are we? Yeah, we are. What? I think I think we are. Nah. People, I see stuff, people talking about me. They so. talk about you. <laughs> I don't, I, me, I'm just well, kind of like. Well, when I hear we, I just think me, so whatever. <laughs> uh, Karen, do you ever feel pathetic that your whole life revolves around a dead TV show from the 90s? <laughs> That's kind of sad. That you're a member of a fan fiction cult. If you're going to be a member of a cult, be a member of like some satanic voodoo cult. You know, something scary. Fan fiction cults are just a bunch of cat ladies at a computer. They're going to they're gonna find Karen's corpse at a computer with like she's 100 years old and it's going to be like a skeleton sitting there. They're not just cat ladies, they're cat breeders and their whole house smells like cat piss. Oh, you know it. And they're hoarders too. <laughs> If you've seen the show Hoarders, you've seen X-File fans. Oh, and abusing the cats. <laughs> and I just want to say, I love the X-Files. It's one of my inspirations. It's a part of my childhood. I have nothing but love and nostalgia for the show, but it is a dead show, guys. Yeah. That's just And you know of- who killed it? The fans. The fans. What else? You know, they're going to kill Star Wars. They are going to kill Star Wars. So The constant bitching is going to kill fucking it is. Star Wars. It's negativity n- mm-hmm. nonstop. I have to tune it out to enjoy Star Wars. Well, look what happened to the, you know, Zack Snyder's Justice League shit. And now those fuckers. Yeah, God, they fucking killed it. Uh, the cat lady harpies are threatening us, Stephanie. <laughs> I- I'm shaking in my boots. I just called a woman a harpy. I'm probably going to hell now. Well, I'm sure her voice is very shrill. It always is. <laughs> Jeff Kramansky writes, what the hell is a Umanzi? <laughs> I have mentioned this before because I just cannot get enough Umanzi. Yeah, what the fuck is a Umanzi? And once you find out what a Umanzi is, you will not be able to get enough of Umanzi. Are you sure? Are you sure? I am damn sure. A Umanzi is a hybrid of a chimpanzee and a human. From what I understand, the possibility of hybrids between humans and other apes has been around since at least the Dark Ages. Oh, God. <laughs> you know, people fucking monkeys. <laughs> oh, no. There was a Soviet biologist, because, of course, it was it was the fucking Russians. It was either them or Nazis. I mean. Yeah, well, same thing. <laughs> there was a Soviet uh, biologist named Ivanov who attempted to create humanzies in the 1920s via artificial insemination. And this is kind of where artificial insemination gets demonized. I, I think he might even be the creator. I thought he was kind of the inventor. Yeah, but it, it's associated with kind of Nazi science, even oh. though it's not Nazis. Oh. He tried to impregnate women with chimpanzee sperm. Russians never met a creepy and un- unethical medical experiment they didn't love. <laughs> in the 1920s, Ivanov carried out a series of experiments culminating in inseminating three female chimpanzees with human sperm. But he failed to achieve a pregnancy, and he denies that he used his own sperm, but I bet you he did. Oh, (laughs) God. Now, I'm sure most of you have heard about this urban legend that Joseph Stalin, the evil dictator, the Russian Hitler, uh, wanted to create an army of Umanzi super soldiers. (laughs) It's bullshit. (laughs) 
Ivanov was not creating a hybrid ape army, but he was attempting to discredit religious belief in creationism. But this myth about Stalin comes from creationists because they try to always associate science with like atrocities and evil, you know. Even though a lot of evil is done in the name of science. A lot of evil has been done in the name of Christianity. Well, I know that. What are they talking about? And Islam. About? I'm going to say it, Stephanie. A bunch of religions. Religions are bad. <laughs> That's my stance. And hey, look, you always want to cancel me for saying that? Fuck you. Okay? I don't give a fuck. It has also been alleged that researchers in the People's Republic of China also try to create humanities with little success. Well, imagine that. There was little success <laughs> trying to get women to... Fuck monkeys. This is why dogmen aren't real. We don't know that. <laughs> they are not real. Human beings, human DNA, and dog DNA do not mix. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a dog that evolved into something else. Talk about evolution. Oh, God. We are an aberration. You do realize that, right? <laughs> what, you and I? Yeah, well, especially you and I. But humans in general. <laughs> oh, okay. Us humanzies. We are, you think about it, humanzies already exist. That's what we are. We're fucking monkeys. <laughs> we are big. We are monkeys with big brains and opposable thumbs. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And we, we like the QAnons and the Facebooks. <laughs> Not me, but yeah, the, too many do. The, ra the, the racists do. Uh, the, the, the denizens of America do. And apparently that banker who called the cops on Ryan Coogler. Because <laughs> what the fuck was that? That's internalized racism. Yeah. As woke Twitter would say. <laughs> Mallory. Well, you know Mallory. Mm, this woman. Mallory writes, is Stephanie transgender? Because she sounds like a 49-year-old obese man. Why is it 49? Why, why is not it obese? Why is it 47? 45? Why is it got to be 49? Why not just say 50? Why are you so transphobic? You know how many beautiful trans women there are? I never knew J.K. Rowling was an X-Fall fangirl. Yeah. And you know, I would rather have my dulcet tones than sound like a raging harpy. Well, she, she like goes on pee. to say that the X-Files would be nothing without its fandom. Uh, white women, get over yourselves. You killed it. It's you, dead. Yeah. And you you drove a stake through its heart. You know what else you are? You're a bunch of creepy fucking pedos. That's what you are. Because you like a bunch of pedo porn where you have Scully... As a 12-year-old fucking girl. This is racist. That's predatory as fuck. This is racist and transphobic. Uh -huh. I think we have reached peak X-Fall fangirl. Now, I want to... Look, the reason we don't like the X-Fall fandom is because of shit like this. Yeah. We From get, the beginning this of the show. We have been getting these emails. And look, I deleted a bunch of them. But mm -hmm. I, I chose to put these in here because people are like, why do you think this? We got a review, a one-star review. So look, it's the same woman. Like, <laughs> why could you ever think that? Why would you ever say that about a community? Because you guys are garbage. Yeah. And we don't like you. <laughs> and we don't like Tony Black. <laughs> we don't like Tony Black. I'm sorry. I don't like a bunch of, like, bitchy women who are constantly calling me fat and ugly. You can go fuck yourself. What's also funny and is... And your opinion means shit. And I'm not trying to be sexist, but these women are overweight. <laughs> and... And as they say in Arcadia... They are alone. I'm proving my ex all cred here. <laughs> As they say in Arcadia, aesthetically unappealing. <laughs> you know what? It doesn't take much to be aesthetically appealing. It doesn't. It really fucking doesn't. Bathe. Speak for yourself. You're attractive. <laughs> Look, I was a working makeup artist for over 10 years, and I could find beauty in almost every we single person I We know we got a horn dog on. for Stephanie coming up. So it, I, I did. And... Uh, I loved doing that for women. I loved making people feel good. I used to put uh, makeup on men, too. It was really fucking fun. Um, 
I only had wear, a couple I'm clients a ba- who were who were just disgusting on the inside that no amount of makeup would ever make. Them I pretty. freaked out people on Twitter because I said I was going to wear some battens and makeup. And they're like, please don't. <laughs> Please don't. I hate. I hate Pattinson. I like Michael Keaton and his bald he's so head. So fucking hot. Oh my god. I like my bald Michael Keaton Batman. Mm, he's so hot. I lo- look. I love Michael Keaton, but he's not the best Batman. If you think he is, he's a good Batman. He's solid, but yeah. he's, not, he's not the best. I even will go as far as say I actually kind of like his costume a lot, and because I like the way the eyes are through that. Well, costume. his blue eyes are just piercing. Yeah, they're gorgeous. But he's not the best. It's Battinson. Yeah. And if and you, this comes from someone who I love Christian Bale as Batman a lot. And, and I love the Nolan films. Uh, Matt Reeves top Nolan. Yeah. Yeah, he really did. King Reeves. <laughs> Matt Wilson asks, this is an interesting question from Matt. Uh, have you guys heard of the theory that all serial killers were created by the CIA? I don't know if I believe it, but it is fascinating. Love your pod. Thank you. I have, yeah, thank you. I have heard of this theory. I don't know the specifics of it because it kind of falls more into that kind of QAnon stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, the guy, some stuff they don't want you to know, talked about it. And I watched a video on it, I think two or three years ago. Uh, you should ask Chris Knowles. It's more his I miss that show. Is that still on? Stuff po- they don't want you to know. It is only a podcast now. Ah, I love the way the guy would say that it was so weird and like a monotone. <laughs> stuff. They don't want you to know. They are also big X-Fall fans. They're awesome. uh, (laughs) It's a funny show. It's possible that the CIA was involved with the creation of the Manson family. Mm -hmm. There's there's actually some evidence of this. There's a book about that. There's evidence that they were also involved with Jim Jones. Yes. (laughs) Well, this goes back to the idea of being programmed to kill. Right. From the MKUltra. And the the idea behind this theory is that the CIA used MKUltra to uh, manufacture a cultural fear by creating a bunch of serial killers. They were also pumping out um, LSD, very strong LSD. But why would the CIA want a bunch of serial killers? Because it creates a culture of fear, and fear is the oldest tool of power. Mm -hmm. Because if you're looking around, afraid of everybody around you, you're not looking at what the government's doing. Exactly. And this is this sounds like or the other rich people who are in charge. I sound like a militia guy, but (laughs) it's true. You know, I don't trust the government, and I don't know why anyone would. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you need a healthy skepticism about you, the government. Everybody should have healthy skeptics out there about our government. I will going to say this. Honest. I'm going to give people a preview of this. I don't believe the official story about the Las Vegas shooter. Uh, the guy, you know, who did that mass shooting in Las Vegas. It doesn't make it sense. Was an Ariana, was, that wasn't the Ariana, Ariana Grande concert, was it? No, that was in the UK you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting that one mixed up. No, this is in uh, Las Vegas. Yeah, but it was a concert, though, wasn't it? It was an outdoor concert. And okay. he's shooting, supposedly he's getting a gun. And this guy was a gambler. He had he's, like a fucking arsenal. He was a nobody. Yeah. He had no reason to do it. He didn't beat his wife, according to the wife. He was rich. And he had lots of money. Yeah. He was a boomer. Maybe that was it. He just evil boomer but there uh, was there were there was no weird like his mood wasn't off there was nothing wrong with his brain yeah they actually examined his brain to find out with the autopsy there was nothing wrong with his brain there's no reason this should happen right so maybe it, it is a, strange maybe it was a psyop it is strange i will say that like i i don't know if it's we're a gonna get into this more when chris knowles goes on yeah. i already warned him you're talking about this <laughs> oh no because he's got a well he's got a fucking blog post about it oh and, really yeah and it's interesting yeah, I, I liked it. Well, I don't think the CIA is responsible for all serial killers because they've been around since the dawn of humans. No, 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 no. You're wrong. See, there Human was a, there was an ancient CIA that, 
invented this. Like, An ancient deep state? They were in the pyramids. <laughs> it's the reptilian bloodline. Oh, no. And it goes throughout history with this ancient CIA, and it's deadly. If that's real, then unicorns must be too. But the golden age of serial killers could have also just have been lead paint chips and leaded gas, because leaded gas yeah. did do a lot of brain damage. And apparently, all of us have a, a modicum of like lead poisoning because yeah. of leaded gas. It's particularly if you live in bigger cities and urban areas, it's still in the or fucking Or if you live in like Alabama. <laughs> You could say the whole satanic panic hysteria of the 1980s was one big psyop because it created a culture of fear. Mm -hmm. And I do think there's some truth to that. I think people get it wrong. That's an interesting take. It is. That it's not just perpetuated by well, the church itself. I am an interesting man. So How do you know it's not just, you know, the creepy Christians, you know, sending out their fucking newsletters to each other? Because and, all that stuff goes back to the government. The government, like, government, the religion is part of the government. That's true. Well, that's been true since the dawn of uh, man with religion. So ever since there's been a religion, they've tied it into their leaders. The mega churches and all that stuff is tied. Oh, I mean, all the way back to like Catholicism. And even I know, that. but I mean, the religion is a tool to control people. Yeah. Okay. If this offends you, I'm sorry, but it is. <laughs> You're being controlled. Well, look, I think you can believe in God. I think you can have a relationship spiritually without having to abide by all of the strictures that a religion would hold you into and i don't think that's necessary I, I don't believe in dogma i don't i don't because it ends up being can't and then you don't you can't have any kind you of free thinking you're a witch way. you don't nobody trusts you <laughs> shut up <laughs> okay uh kimberly novak writes i thought this was going to be a shipper but it's not what would you say is the most important quality needed to be a true crime podcaster uh empathy mm-hmm this podcast has taught me a lot about empathy and sometimes even empathy for bad people which is important. Weirdly enough, yeah. Yeah, because sometimes they end up being victims as well. Uh, Richard Chase is both the perpetrator and the victim in his story. As is Albert Fish. Yeah, because and mental illness plays a role in a lot of this. Mental illness and abuse. Abuse. Abuse creates monsters. Yeah, it does. And, and that doesn't excuse their behavior. No, no. But it's a, it's a part of them, and, and it's more complicated than they're just evil. It would be easier to just judge people on... Uh, a black and white scale it would be so much easier it would be so much easier to live life that way actually and it's comforting it, yeah because you could, then you would be like i'm absolutely sure of my opinion it's an my... excuse to say somebody's evil in my opinion because yeah. you're missing the point usually they're mentally ill uh john wayne gacy uh was also heavily abused and i would say he's a very repulsive and disgusting figure but he wouldn't have been that way if he wasn't a victim yeah, of This is where I have empathy for, like, not, I have empathy for the killers as children going through those types of things, right? Um, not as adult human beings. I don't believe the choice. that monsters are born. Well, some of them are. I, I don't believe that. There's some no evidence of that. That's kind of. Now, there is some evidence maybe some genetics could push you in that direction, but in general, the, the, like, the, they're just going to, they're born to be a murderer. No. Children are not. That, that, if you look then at what it, about that black-eyed baby I saw that was uh, definitely a dark entity? That was the black-eyed children. No, it was a demon from another dimension, <laughs> and that kid. is exactly what it was. No. And you're not going to disagree with me. No, 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 no. And no. I don't hear any more about this. Shut the fuck up. All right. Hey, hey. Oh. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, I don't hear about black-eyed babies. <laughs> okay, you've got a fan here. We need to read this. Oh, okay. Joe Hastings. 
I like Stephanie. I like Stephanie, too. Hi, thank you. She is a doll. She should show more cleavage on her Instagram. What? Her face screams, slut kitten. (laughs) What is a slut kitten? A sex pot, I guess. I don't know. Thanks. I I picture this guy being from Jersey. He's like, hey, toots, let me tell you something. You a doll. He's like Andrew Dice Clay. Um, I cannot guarantee that I will show any more cleavage than I have already, unless it's in like some Ren Fair outfit. This guy is trash. <laughs> I'm sorry, Joe, you're trash. You're call- I, would, I would love to you're wear You're calling some- my wife a slut. What are you thinking, bro? <laughs> Go to the Joe Rogan podcast. That's your podcast. We're not, mm-mm. You know, subscribe, listen, but we don't want you. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> Calling you a slut. Toxic masculinity, man. Bad. <laughs> Nobody ever calls me a slut. Okay. Uh, Dylan Fuller asks, what's the scariest thing that has ever happened to you? It can be a moment from real life, a movie, a true crime case, etc. I would have to say when my father died in front of us. Yep. That yep, was, I was going to say that. And then also when my mom set her head on fire. That was pretty scary. Because it, th- it was like the same thing. So... Uh, it was very similar the way my brain moved, <laughs> like I was underwater, and it was even harder when it when it's your own parent. So, I actually got a closer view uh, from the inside of how Michael was interpreting like what happened to when when it happened to his own father. You just kind of freeze. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's really it's really fucking scary to have your someone you love just absolutely collapse in front of you. And it is really helpful to have somebody who can be a little more clear than you um, because you're just too close. You're too close, you know, when you love someone that much. I just ran and I was, I, I was hitting her with a towel <laughs> yeah. because that's what you have to do when somebody's on fire to get them out. Well, and with your dad, he he fell down the stairs and was still half on a stair. So I had to drag him off. And then I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to have to do CPR. And I really did not want to do CPR on Bert. Because he was gross. I don't blame you. I, I love Bert, but he was gross. I don't blame you, my dear. <laughs> he was a gross dude. He was, look, he was old and crusty, and I... Uh. He was, like, in his late 80s, guys. Yeah, and he wasn't taking care of himself. He had no and, teeth. Yeah. <laughs> just, it was just kind of he like, kept his teeth for a long time, but they fell out when he was, like, 85. Yeah. They yeah. were green, but he had teeth. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, and he, he did flatline on the floor. Yeah, they had to do that um, thing where they inject him. Well, what was what was helpful was Michael lived in this really garbage apartment complex. Oh, thank you, Stephanie. For <laughs> Sorry, you just picked a cheap-ass apartment, but it was fucking... It was shit. <laughs> I know, because I want to save money for other things. <laughs> anyway, uh, but the, the uh, EMTs, the, the... What am I trying to say? The, the uh, fire department... EMS. ...was like a block away, and then we had one of the best trauma units, like three blocks away from that so they were able to um get his heart to start beating again and then um even in the hospital he flatlined a couple more times and they were able to stabilize him and it turned out he had been complaining of stomach pain for years and he was a world war ii veteran and he would go to the vas and they just kept giving him like milk of magnesia and shit and all they had to do was put a scope in him because he had a bleeding ulcer the size of a sand dollar it was huge. So then it became the question of, okay, well, we've got to stabilize them enough so we can do this special microsurgery where we'll go up through a vein and cauterize this this bleeding ulcer. 
because he just kept bleeding. Yeah, and I, they had, had to keep, I had to give the authorization. Like they this. would call us at all hours of the night. Like, can we give him more blood? Like, yes, whatever you want to do. Keep him alive. Do it. Do it. Because we knew that's what he wanted. Yeah, that was that was terrifying. That whole that whole ordeal. When someone isn't breathing. Yeah. It's very scary. And you start watching the life ebb out of them. Like it's they're dead. They're dead. You're starting to look at him. You're uh, looking at starting uh, to look uh, at a corpse. Uh, uh, oh, 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 oh. And that's your love part. That's someone you love very much. Starting to look. And you don't know what not to do. Alive. Yeah. You don't know what to you do. Don't know you feel powerless, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh god, and you, and you panic, and I panicked. You never know how you're going to react in those types of situations until it happens. I mean, we all say, oh, I would behave this well, way, I'm or I not, would do this, and I'm not happy. Nobody knows that your mom's head caught on fire, <laughs> but I'm glad you know what it felt like now. You know, I know that you can empathize. No, I right feeling it from the other side. That's what I was trying to say. I wish I, it didn't have to be that way. <laughs> right, right. Good God! It, but it at least it turned out not to be as bad as we initially thought. Because I initially thought, oh, her head, she's going to be really scared. Yeah, because the way that fire—I mean, because hair is highly flammable. It's carbon based, and carbon is really flammable. So your hair, um, yeah, yeah, you don't want to be fucking around. We with fire. Uh, have been taking care of her mother. She's got Parkinson's, mm-hmm. and we're moving. And that's one of the reasons why the podcast will be more consistent is because we won't be here to take care of people. Well, and the additional stress that has been laying on me, uh, and I have, and I am chronically ill, and I cannot keep doing this because it it's killing me, and I haven't been able to take care of myself or actually get better because I've been just kind of stuck in between. Stephanie is a miracle worker, so she does a great job. Okay, Tim Cullen writes. Do you know the case of Clarence Roberts, the one from Unsolved Mysteries? Can you talk about it? You know this case, Stephanie, so you explain it. Right. Back to my dulcet tones. Okay. Yes. Nashville, Indiana. It was the 1970s. Clarence Roberts and his brother Carson owned a hardware shop in Nashville. If I remember correctly, Clarence is described as a hard worker and was regarded as a pillar of the community. Although some characterized him as an unpleasant man and a sociopath. Clarence's wife came from humble beginnings and stood by him as he built his business, raising four children and moving into progressively nicer surroundings as the couple eventually acquired three luxury cars and a large house. However, the profit from Clarence's hardware store was insufficient to finance his upper-class lifestyle. So the couple were in heavy debt, and Clarence was living far beyond his means. To cover their large expenses, Clarence sold his hardware shop and rolled over the capital into several business ventures and an apartment complex. Gee, those are money sinks right there. <laughs> that's Smooth moves, Clarence. That's a dumb idea already, I can tell you that. <laughs> Misfortune sunk these real estate investments, and Clarence hit his low point financially when Sheriff Warren Roberts, Clarence's own brother, was ordered to repossess two of Clarence's luxury cars. The repossession occurred in October of 1970, one month prior to Clarence's apparent death. On November 18, 1970, a fire destroyed a shack on the Roberts family property. One body was discovered, burned beyond recognition. It was identified as that of Clarence Roberts. A Masonic ring belonging to Clarence was found in the rubble. This was before DNA. You can't CSI this shit. <laughs> of note about that ring is the fact that it was in impeccable condition. It's it not w- burned. It not burned at all, Mm-mm. which made the first responders rather suspicious. On November 17th, two days before the blaze, Clarence was spotted in a bar in the nearby community of Morgantown, befriending a homeless man. The man was described as about the same age and height as Clarence. The two were together, but Clarence apparently did not know his name. 
Hmm, suspicious. Mm -hmm. He told the man that he had some odd jobs at his house that needed doing. The man agreed to go with him. As they were leaving, the man collapsed from some unknown cause. Clarence said that he would take the man to the hospital. The local police later checked all of the hospitals within a 300-mile radius and found that the man had not been admitted to any of them. On November 29, 1980, 10 years later, another fire destroyed the Roberts residence. Two bodies were discovered. One was identified as Geneva Roberts, and the other was identified as Clarence Roberts. The strange case of a man dying twice became the talk of the town. No one is sure if the body in the first or second fire was Clarence's, or if he may have murdered two or three people, placed the bodies in the fires, and may still be alive. I call this case the death of Clarence Roberts. <laughs> He's the man that wouldn't die. It's almost like a ghost story without a ghost. Now, I want to note this. In 1975, he was actually charged with the death of a homeless man. But there's no, even though he's considered dead. Mm -hmm. I don't believe. And he never got any insurance money, right? His wife yeah, did it. His that wife, was she lived up. in poverty and she would never let anybody come inside, which is why people think it was Clarence in there. I thought the windows were boarded up or there's something weird about the windows. She just met people at the door. Like no one could look even into the windows. I weird, right? want to believe or I do believe that this man, this wasn't him again. I think he got away. Yeah, I think he got away too. He's probably dead now because it's yeah, because he's ancient, you know. Yeah, he's too. But old. he's like Saint Germain. You can't get rid of <laughs> no, this guy. No, he's just a fucking psycho. It's creepy. This is a creepy story. Well, his own brother even believed he was an, a sociopath. I like the idea of this case because it's like the victim is yeah. the murderer. But yeah, he's the man who wouldn't die. Alan asks, "Can you guys talk about the Overton Bridge? Have you ever heard of it? Do you have any theories?" Yes. The Overton uh, Bridge is this gothic stone bridge in Scotland. It is often referred to as the Bridge of Death or the Dog Suicide Bridge. Mm -hmm. Since the 1950s, at least 50 dogs have died from falling off the bridge. They jumped off the bridge. 50? Yeah. That's a lot of fucking dogs. Uh, but I believe it's, I think it's 600 have jumped but still survived. I'm assuming it's kind of a high bridge. Uh, it's 50 feet. Uh, you told me. Okay, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> 50 <laughs> dogs and 50 feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my, my brain's starting to mush no, out here. I didn't tell you, but it is 50 oh, feet. Oh, okay. Yeah. But there are 50 <laughs> dogs died. That's a lot of dogs. But to this day, no one can say for certain why this is happening. Now, there is a local man by the name of Paul Owens who believes that the bridge and nearby Overton House are haunted by supernatural activity. Mm-hmm. He claims that dogs and other animals are sensitive to such supernatural activity, so he proposes that dark spirits are responsible for luring the dogs to their deaths. Now, there is another theory, which is kind of interesting. Some believe that the dogs are actually depressed. What? No, no. That they are suffering from mental illness <sighs> and are ending their own lives. So is it possible that dogs are intentionally committing suicide? No, I don't think that's Or what is it, it is. a curse? No, I, I have my own theory on now, this. Now, there is another theory. This is the rational theory, which is that there are rats under the bridge. Mm -hmm. They smell. The dogs smell them and jump off the bridge trying to get the rats. The problem with this theory, about this scent theory, is that the locals claim there's no rats under the bridge. Yeah, they would know if there was a huge rat population. He was rats rat and minks, or uh -huh. th that's what's supposed to be under the bridge. 
I don't know. I well, minks do live by water because that's yeah, they hunt that's in the, the water. theory. But I don't know if anybody's ever seen any. There was also a schizophrenic man mm-hmm. who threw his son off the bridge. What the fuck? And killed him. Now here, now I'm gonna take. Okay, he said demons wanted him to do this. If you want to look at this metaphysically, dogs are and, and cats, all animals are are more attuned to the sixth sense, to the other side, whatever you want to call it. But they see shit that we don't all the time. All the fucking time. You ever seen your fucking cat staring off into a corner and there's nothing there? Chances are they're seeing something that we don't. So I kind of wonder, could it be maybe like an imprint or even another dimension of reality? I mean, there's quantum physics that say that we have many realities. What if they're seeing something that doesn't exist in our maybe reality? Maybe what happens is they jump off the bridge, they die, and they're reincarnated as the dog man. <laughs> When you said dimension, I was just like, and this person <laughs> thinks I'm crazy. <laughs> or it's, an, again, it's an imprint of something else and they're going to it. I don't know. I honestly don't know. But I don't think they're depressed. And I don't think there's demons. Well, Stephanie. But I do think that there are things that occur in this world that we can't always explain. WWSBD. What it, What the fuck? What would Sylvia Brown oh, do? shut up. <laughs> You know, it would be interesting to have a reputable psychic uh, just view the area or even... Let's ask the Long Island medium. No, not her. <laughs> her hair can tell us. <laughs> no, it, if, it, if I had to pick, it'd be someone like John Edwards or something. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Pet psychic. Ace Ventura, pet psychic. I don't know. <laughs> He's a pet psychic. Uh, Celine Dion. No. Celine asks... That's a pretty name. Do you have a favorite murder? Morbid, sure. But I had to ask. I think... If we're all being honest with ourselves, we all have favorite murders. Uh, no. <laughs> I'm going to watch a murder. <laughs> I'm not a fan of serial killers. I think some of them are interesting, but I don't. I think they're gross. I have cases that I find intriguing. Cindy Does James. She, is that what she means? She's talking about an actual murder. Like, uh, like an I don't int- have like a favorite. Well, I will say if she's going by just scary, I think one of the scariest ones is the one where the Zodiac murderer mm-hmm. ties those two people up and says, I'm going to stab you now and then start stabbing them in the back. Yeah. That yeah. is horrifying. Yeah. The Zodiac case is ugh. And the uh, John Wayne Gacy kills a bunch of young men and buries them in the crawl space underneath his home, like 30 bodies. Gross. You know, that's freakish. And of course, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer. That's all I got to say, Jeffrey Dahmer. Uh, I don't know, but I don't, we don't glorify serial killers. We're never going to do that. The ones that interest me are the historical cases where they, we, we still don't know who they are, like Jack the Ripper. Okay. And I want to know who it is. That's, you know, it's like, I would love to know. I'm going to call bullshit on that. Who is that? For one reason. Why? All of this is historical. We go, Richard Chase is historical. That's well, ancient now. Right, but I mean before, let's say before modern detective work was kind of a thing. There's this thing I've noticed where people are like, I want to listen to something about history, but not dark history. And it's like, <laughs> all history is dark. History is fucking dark. American it's, history is dark. You know why? Because human beings are a piece of shit. Or I, I would listen to true crime, but not dark true crime. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, That's not a thing. Uh, it's dark. People died. They're dead. Yeah. People killed them. They're the government killed them. Or they were assassinated. That's dark. Or they were assault, assaulted and then murdered. And that's those are some of the it's worst It's very things. Orwellian, like this idea of positive history. What? <laughs> RBG history. <No. laughs> Heather Gables writes, I like this name up to a point. What's so special about you two? What makes you think anyone wants to hear you talk? Michael will never be Mulder and Stephanie is an airheaded fat girl. Again, well, with the with the body shaming, this man. This person is woke. 
this person is a feminist, and this person is a bitch. I bet they... (laughs) (laughs) I bet she's got BLM hashtags and all that shit on her fucking... And body positivity. (laughs) She's like, "I'm I'm for body positivity, you fat bitch. But she needs like three bags to walk outside. Yeah. Oh, you're, you you said you weren't going to be mean. Uh, you know she came for me. So plus know, her name's Heather. No offense, Heather's. You know what, Heather? If you want to partake in my buffet, you gotta eat what you get, and what you get is you're a cunt. <laughs> Nobody fucking don't gets. use fat girl metaphors. God <laughs> damn. You're just playing into her hands. Fine, fine, fine. You want me to cut this out? No, that's fine. We're going to leave this in because you just made an ass of yourself, so I'm going to leave it in. No, out. fine. I'll fucking cut it out. No, come up with, it's funny. It's I will come up with a new... a new. Uh, uh, it's funny. I'm giving you shit. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> Why do we think we can say what we want to fucking say? Because it's our fucking show and not yours. And obviously you're interested in it while you're listening to it. You're mad about what we said. Mm. We got to you. <laughs> I win. We live rent free <laughs> in the X File fandom's heads. I know, and that seems to like think like that would bother us. No, it doesn't. We're bother. winning. I'm winning. I have won the day. It's we great. have already won. <laughs> You're dead and buried. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I will happily play my video game and chuckle about it to myself. We are <laughs> we're standing on the battlefield, <laughs> holding up your heads, victorious. <laughs> claiming yourself it's like the beginning of the movie bram stoker's dracula with all those people on the pikes <laughs> that's the shippers they lost or what or uh wonder woman she has all those fucking heads i love that picture i wish they had been in the in one of the movies yeah because wonder woman cutting off heads is one of my favorite things uh, ever. this brian asks: is your family supportive of your podcast well aside from my uncle and cousin not really nope not at all i don't think they get what podcasting is they well just, they just think we sit here and we just talk and blabber on here's the thing my family has never been supportive of anything i've ever done and i mean none of it okay yeah but your family's a bunch of losers so <laughs> where are they to talk i have always taken a non-traditional path in my life i had i started an opera they didn't like that. <laughs> I later moved over to um, massage therapy. I didn't follow through with that because it was too hard on my body and I knew I wouldn't be able to sustain that. Later, I went to school for cosmetology and got my degree in that and license. Uh, they were not supportive of that shit either. So why would these be supportive of anything I do? I'm their scapegoat. So My question is, who cares? Yeah. Unless, look, I could go, I could go to an Ivy League fucking college, get a goddamn doctorate, and they would still not be approving. Does that make sense? We, I have that kind of family, so I don't really care. We do what we want. Mm-hmm. I don't care if someone appreciates us or not. Uh, while we are truly grateful and thankful to anyone who listens to this podcast... I do it first and foremost as a creative outlet. It has allowed me to express myself creatively. Now, if you don't like the results, that's fine. (laughs) But I'm giving you me. I'm giving you honest, uh, just us as we are. I would say we're pretty authentic. And I do try to, you know what? I don't ever try to to not be me in real life. And even on Twitter, I'm pretty much me all the time. I can't can't. live any other way. So you follow my Twitter feed and you see how horrible I am? (laughs) You're getting the real me. There's no sanity sanity here. I think the most curated thing about me is maybe my Instagram, but that's probably everyone's Instagrams. I so I just think the platform is garbage, but whatever. <laughs> I mostly what I love to do over there now is to watch the stupid reels of people doing vo- voiceovers on animals. Like that's my new favorite thing. It's funny. 
Tyler writes, a box containing frozen heads was stolen from a parked freight company truck in Denver recently. Yes, I saw this on Twitter. The box was being transported for medical research purposes, and Denver police are investigating the incident. What are your thoughts on this? (laughs) My thoughts are, it's a tale as old as time. (laughs) In America, there is a black market for human tissue. This is not a conspiracy. Now, are they selling it to other labs? I'm going to get to that. Okay. This is not a conspiracy. (laughs) It's very real. It usually involves bodies about to be cremated. A black market broker may enter into a financial agreement with a criminally minded funeral home director (laughs) and carve up the bodies before they're cremated. Oh, wait. I think I've heard about this where they find metal rods and Uh and stuff. I believe, and this is just my theory, it could Uh be all bullshit. I suspect the frozen heads were stolen for some sort of highly unethical medical experiment. This was probably all set up on the dark web because that's one of the places where you can buy uh, Mm -hmm. body parts. Some are probably sold to cults. No satanic cabals or Pizzagate silliness. Just good old-fashioned black magic rituals, blood sacrifice. L.A. cults. The most potent offering in black magic. I'm glad you said that because (laughs) when I was in L.A. one time, someone invited me to a black mass. Oh, God. And I don't mean like the Church of Satan. Yeah, yeah, not the fun shit. I mean an actual... Uh, theistic black oh, mass. Oh, no. It, it was up in the hills? Yeah, fuck that. And uh, I'm uh, like, I'm probably on the menu, so I'm yeah, not going. I was going to say, I'm like, yeah, you're pro- they probably want to cut you up for parts. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, so I think that does it. So the next podcast will be in two weeks, and you will hear about Jeffrey Epstein's testicles and frozen heads and... Frozen ball sex. The wacky world of cryonics. I can't wait. Well, it's time. I want to hear my song. Your song? Yeah. Hold on now. I didn't know we had another. Yeah. You had another song? Runaway. I got to pick it for you? Runaway. Okay. Fuck. Here it is. Here it is. Yes. Here we go. It's like Tony. He ran away from his podcast. (laughs) And he doesn't even pay the other people to run it for him. Hello. I'm Tony Black. (laughs) What a cheapskate. (laughs) I'm the poor man's James Corden. (laughs) I'm a dumbass. I should be on Russell Brand's show. Oh, no. Yes. Can you imagine those two talking? Oh, Lord. (laughs) You should tell me Russell Brand was hot. He is still attractive. He's an attractive man. He looks like Jack Sparrow. But he's an asshole. They were going to have him be in Pirates. I'm like, he fits. He looks like a fucking pirate. He fucking does. I think I listened to his podcast originally, but that was back when he was just liberal, and now he's all... He was annoying even then, though. Yeah, I I think I I tweeted out that I liked his podcast, and then I deleted it because everybody was like, (laughs) If you will say, my little runaway. Run, 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 run away. For my podcast. (laughs) But please continue with your Patreons. That's what Tony wants. Pay me the Patreon, but I'm going bye-bye. <laughs> I don't mean to shit on ever another podcast, but sometimes you just got to spill the tea. So. And where can they find us, Michael? Why don't you tell them? You want me to tell them? Yep. You can find us at thespookiespodcast at gmail.com. And on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, you can find me at Steffi Hellia on Twitter and Stephanie Hellia on Instagram. 
And you can find me on Twitter at Agent Bigfoot, where I'm currently at war with the Snyder fandom. <laughs> the virgins will die. He kicks the hornet's nest quite often. And if you want to watch that shit show... I told you I can't help <laughs> but attack cringy people. <laughs> and when I'm cringy, they attack me. So it's it's all well and good. You know, I just want the white women who are dancing constantly and creepy fucking TikTok they videos all, and reels to stop. You're just shitting on our audience. You realize Stop it. it. Unless no. you're an actual dancer, I don't want to see it. It's so creepy. We're going to bring back, after the move, we're going to bring back our Patreon. Unless you have moves. I'm going to announce this right now. We're bringing back our Patreon and we're going to put some cases up. So we'll have more on that later. I don't know when that's going to happen. It's going to come back sooner than you think. Uh, there's, there's, I got some ideas about Okay, that. but there's work that I'm going to have to do. So we'll, we'll see, honey. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. You're you're gonna do it. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna do it too. So all right, all right. We're in this together. <laughs> Yay! And with that, I hope you have a great week. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye-bye.